Hi, it's John Paul, Triple H Car Doctor. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Car Doctor radio program. This time we're talking to Guy Perlmutter. He is the founder and CEO of Grids Capital, a venture capital company, and author of a new book called Present Future. And we're talking with him about electric vehicles and where they're going to go. Stay tuned. Well, hello, everyone. My name is John Paul. I'm the Senior Manager of Public Affairs and Traffic Safety for AAA. And with everything we read in the paper today about electric vehicles and where they're going to go and where they are, um, we still like to get an idea of what the future is going to be like. And um, joining us today is Guy Perlmutter. He is a he is the CEO of a venture capital company and a author of a new book. And what must be great about venture capital is you find out what people are up to and where they what they want to do. And Guy, good day and welcome to this AAA car conversation. Very good to be here. Thanks for having me, John. And here in the United States, there's a lot of talk about uh, some states want to be fully electric by the year 2035. General Motors wanted to be fully electric by 2035, although it seems like they've decided maybe if not everybody wants to be fully electric, uh, that might be a bit of a change. Um, so they may be pushing back just a little bit. Uh, certainly, we're seeing an awful lot of hybrid vehicles. I just drove or just saw or at least a new uh, Ford Maverick, which is the new uh, compact pickup truck that's a hybrid, uh, which is a pretty interesting looking. And I talked to uh, somebody from a company called Indigo, which is developing a small uh, electric vehicle really aimed at the gig economy, where um, it's going to be a twenty to $25,000 vehicle, really, really aimed at trying to keep people who deliver for Uber Eats and Lyft and other companies to, to be able to uh, uh, make a practical switch over to electric vehicles. With your company, where do you see the future of electric vehicles going? So, so yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I guess there are trends or inevitabilities uh, that we all have to deal with uh, when we look into the future of multiple areas of the economy. And it certainly feels that electric uh, is one of those inevitabilities when it comes to uh, transportation, right? Uh, we, we can certainly focus on light duty vehicles because when we talk about medium duty and heavy duty, the conversation may change a little bit, uh, but it certainly feels like uh, light duty vehicles uh, will have an electric future. Uh, if it's going to be hybrid, if it's going to be 100% electric, I feel there's a transition on its way. I feel that we're going to see things gradually moving from hybrid into fully electric over the next few decades. And as you said, it's not only specific states in the U.S. that are uh, I think preparing themselves for a fully electric uh, fleet in the future. There are many countries all around the world that have established very strict legislation uh, indicating that they will not be uh, uh, into uh, combustion, internal combustion engines uh, in the 2040s or, or even sooner. And when you, when you have to look at this, and when you have to look at whether it's worldwide or uh, locally here in the US, the idea of 
is there enough electricity available to power all these electric vehicles always seems to be a question that comes up. Um, as you do this deep dive into technology, uh, what do you see there? Well, that's again, this is this is this is a, a great way to kick off uh, the conversation, because uh, when you look at the number at the sheer number of electrical vehicles out there, uh, we're looking at about 1% of the global fleet. We're talking about, you know, a minuscule percentage, uh, which certainly feels like it's going to creep up over time, but it's not going to be tomorrow or next year or in a couple of years, right? This is going to take a lot of time. And one of the things that I guess a lot of people have been questioning is, okay, the cars may be electric. They may have very low emissions because, of course, the output of those uh, uh, processes are going to be very beneficial to the environment. However, uh, they have to be charged and that electricity in it by itself has to come from somewhere. And if you look at the global energy matrix today, we still depend about 85% uh, in uh, non-renewable fuels. We're talking about uh, sources like oil and coal and even natural gas who are, that are non-renewable. Non so not only this is something that will change slowly, it is changing, but people expect this number uh, to drop to 75% uh, in another 20 years. So from 85% to 75% overall uh, renewable, non-renewable energy sources in another 20 years. But also there is something that I know you've talked about uh, in, your, in your show about you know, the practicality of electrical vehicles in the sense that people have to take some time to refill it, right? The batteries right now, uh, there have been a lot of innovation there, but in general, it takes some time for those batteries to be fully charged. Uh, it's not like you know your average average diesel uh, uh, car that you just you know uh, stop at a fuel station and in five ten minutes you're you're all but done. So I think all those sources, all those challenges, are exactly the challenges that are going to be addressed over time, so that people understand that there's a new energy drain, if you will, that we'll have to deal with, which is how we're going to power um, hundreds of millions of cars that are going to rely on batteries as opposed to internal combustion engines. Yeah, it, it really is a bit of a challenge. And I think what we're seeing, whether it's uh, Lucid or Tesla or any of the other car companies that are focusing primarily on EVs, um, they they are going to gain popularity. There's no case about it. Whenever I uh, whenever I start to see a Tesla in someone's neighborhood, it doesn't take but a few months later before I see another one, and it, it seems to gain that popularity once people seem to adapt to them. But you're but you're right. Looking at how we're going to refuel these vehicles and having the energy necessary to do it and I guess when it comes to electric cars, if you looked at the turn of the last century, you know whether it's a Baker Electric from the early 1900s to an electric car that may have been available in the 70s, there really wasn't a lot of change. Uh, those cars had, you know, some top speed of between 40 and 60 miles an hour, and they go 50 or 60 miles between charges. But today, some of the premium electric vehicles are going hundreds of miles, 200, 300. Even I think the top of the line lucid cars is close to 500 miles between charges. 
Um, so we are seeing the electric car in a lot of cases having that ability to replace that regular car, but you're, but you're absolutely right when it comes to recharging. Do I really wanna, even on quick recharging, do I really wanna hang around and wait 45 minutes for my electric car to recharge? So are you seeing as the CEO of Grid Capital, are you seeing companies coming to you with some possible solutions for this uh, recharging issue? Oh, yes, that's that's, I think, a focus point, because as we were saying before, the inevitabilities of the future do include a world that will require more electricity. All of us, if you think about your life uh, 10, 20, 50, uh, 50 years ago and how much electricity you needed for your daily needs uh, between then and now, the change has been spectacular, right? All of us, we are electricity consumers, avid electricity consumers with our phones and tablets and laptops and computers and cars. So I feel that that's definitely a point of attention that many entrepreneurs are looking into. So there is massive amounts of research going into batteries uh, and the materials that go into them to make sure that they have not only a broader range so that people need, need to charge less frequently, but when they need to charge to make that process seamless and as fast as possible. And to your point, you're right. I mean, back in the early 20th century, we had the uh, 100 my uh, Fritschel, which was one of the most famous electrical vehicles. And, and they, they had you know, offices in Fifth Avenue and the US fleet back in the late 19th century was about a third uh, composed by a third of electric vehicles. And there was even a famous partnership that was uh, ironed out between Henry Ford and Thomas Edison back in the early 20th century because everybody felt that electric cars were going to become a thing then. And this is, again, part of the theme of present future. The book I wrote, it's all about how we're living a future that has been hinted uh, over the past decades or centuries, and it's going to continue to be so. So to your point, I feel that one of the key innovations that we may expect uh, in the uh, uh, electric vehicle space is not only uh, uh, faster charging times, but also I think there's a lot of people dedicating themselves into the batteries themselves. Because as you said, there have been improvements, but they have been steady and surely improvements. You have not seen those breakaways improvement that change by orders of magnitude, the range or the autonomy of a specific car. Yeah, I know back a while ago, I talked to uh, a company that was developing a battery made out of a graphite based material, graphene, which looks like it was going to hold some real promise because it's, it's also safer. It doesn't tend to combust if you if you get into a car crash and it's supposed to have more uh, energy density than let's say lithium ion or whatever we're using today for batteries. So, Absolutely. yeah. So the idea of we're seeing some of these progressions, but the idea would come so far in say 10 years. Um, in the last 10 years, we went from kind of electric cars that didn't change a whole lot to some pretty fabulous vehicles these days. You're absolutely right. And this is, this is again, this is a, a quote that I, I often repeat, and it's actually, you know, one of the first quotes that I, that I mentioned in the book uh, by a, an American psychologist called uh, Licklitter, John Licklitter. He wrote a phenomenal book in the 1960s called Libraries of the Future. And he used to say that 
uh, we humans, we tend to overestimate everything we can achieve in 12 months, but we underestimate everything we can achieve in 10 years. So to your point, you're absolutely right. I think there was a lot of hype uh, in many times in history when we thought, okay, this is going to be a game changer and we're going to see this change in the next few months. Uh, and then there was a lot of disappointment because the change didn't come to fruition. But lo and behold, 10 years later, all that promise was being delivered and more. So I think you're absolutely right. I think this is the time frame that we have to kind of keep the, our eyes on because this is the basic cycle of innovation, uh, especially when it comes to a broad topic like electric cars uh, and, and, and lithium ion batteries and uh, recycling those batteries right now. It's it's more expensive uh, to uh, to recycle an, a, a lithium ion battery than to kind of just build a new one, right? So these are processes that are also going to be looked into, uh, and I feel that the next uh, five to ten years we're going to uh, witness massive change in this whole uh, dynamic of the EV cars. Yeah, and and I've said before, and I hate putting a date on things because when you put a date on something, you you can be easily labeled as a false profit of sorts. So, but I, I've said that probably in 20 years, at least here in the United States, that uh, maybe a, a pure internal combustion engine car might be as rare as one with a clutch pedal, which we don't see very many today at all. So, uh, so, so maybe in that 20 years, most cars will, will be some form of electric vehicles. Let's talk about price of electric vehicles. So the, the, the price to get into an electric vehicle right now um, is the, the kind of price to entry is around 40,000 with, um, I was just at a convenience store a week or so ago, ago and somebody pulled up with a, a Porsche Taycan, um, you know, very expensive car, very fast car, beautiful car, uh, but not a vehicle for everyday consumers. Um, what are we seeing for electric vehicle development uh, as it, as it comes to price. Yes, this is this is again we've seen that uh, you know we've witnessed that in multiple occasions you know the 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 flat screen TVs uh, and the Blu-ray players back when people needed physical media uh, they all start at a hefty price point where you have early adopters people that can spare uh, you know uh, thousands of dollars into being uh, into owning something and being very at the very uh, forefront of a specific trend. Uh, but as most of those innovations, it's it's a matter of scale, right? And if you look at Tesla, you know, to your point, if you look at the early days of Tesla and now, now that they have some critical mass, they have a market, they have uh, a reputation to uphold, there are uh, price points that you can look at into their uh, offering that you can at least start a comparison with, with cars that are not electric, right? And this is only going to in increase. And one thing that I would not be surprised if we witnessed, right, especially uh, in Europe, where there's a huge push for electrical vehicles, especially in, in large urban centers where, uh, you know, the, the uh, greenhouse gases uh, have reached unbearable limits. Uh, I would not be surprised if we saw massive subsidies from governments to consumers to kind of to make that gap uh, as close as possible to make sure that the market gets there quickly. But even without those subsidies, assuming they will not occur, and I believe they will at some point, 
uh, even if they don't occur, uh, I think that the sheer amount of money that is pouring into research for more efficient batteries, for better refueling stations, for actually changing the mindset of how consumers look into their relationship with their cars, I think that this will drive the, 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 the price of electrical vehicles rather quickly into a a more comfortable zone where we're going to see a, a larger swath of the population being being able to acquire one uh, for their personal use. Yeah, and with the average new car price hovering right around forty thousand uh, dollars, that electric car that starts at forty thousand, whether it's a Chevrolet Bolt or or a Tesla Model Three or whatever the case, uh, uh, Ford Mustang Mach E. Uh, they're all in that forty to fifty thousand dollar price range, so we're starting to see a little bit more of that. Uh, but the typical car that gets purchased every year tends to be a used car. Do you think there's going to be at some point a um, really a used car, a, a, a big market for used electric vehicles as we start to see them age out a bit? I think so, yes, because I feel that uh, as much as we discuss the fact that cars are electrical, and this is something that we should note, uh, to your point, in 20 years, and I kind of have to uh, agree with your prediction, right? I, I also am not a big fan of putting dates there, yep. but it, it feels very conservative. It feels like you are onto something here. So in 20 years, when we see an ad on a paper or whatever means we're going to be using to communicate, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the buying and selling of goods, I think that people will not even mention uh, that it's electrical car, the, the car is electrical. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think people are going to say, oh, by the way, this is a relic. This is an internal combustion engine car uh, for collectors. So I feel that, yes, we're going to have a, a market where uh, pretty much everything we see today in, uh, in our uh, automobile market uh, is going to uh, overflow into the electrical vehicle market. I feel that the price point is going to be all over the place i think we're going to see some popular models where you're going to be able to afford uh you know electrical cars for you know under uh 25 dollars i think this is going to happen maybe not in a couple of years but definitely in, in the five to ten year range and of course we're going to see the uh, 75 to 150,000 electrical vehicles where it's going to be not about the battery or the engine but about the thrills and feels that they're going to put around it uh, so everything we see today in the uh, regular, if you will, uh, automobile market, I think is going to definitely uh, be mimicked by the electrical vehicle car market uh, in a few years. So this decade could really be the golden era, the new golden era of the automobile, where the consumer can go out and buy a gasoline car, a high performance gasoline car, a high performance electric car, a high performance hybrid car. Uh, a car that's fueled by gasoline, fueled by diesel. People, the consumer really, is, at least right now and probably for the near future, the consumer is really going to have a lot of choices in what they want. No, you're absolutely right. I think uh, we can add to that, to all of those options that you put down uh, on the table, we can add how autonomous uh, the, the consumers want their cars to be, right? I mean, I'm not a big believer in full autonomy, uh, especially in the cities, in the urban environments, but I definitely feel that we're going to make you know, strides for autonomy in some level. And again, that's going to be another option for, for, uh, for consumers. Uh, I'm also, uh, you know, looking at some interest, increased interest in the hydrogen fuel cells 
not for light duty cars. That's why I made this different difference uh, back in the beginning of our conversation, but for, you know, heavy duty trucks uh, and automobiles in general, hydrogen cells are going to be a possibility. So again, to your point on options and on uh, uh, the size of the market and the choices, which is ultimately uh, what we feel is more important for, for the end consumer. I do agree that this is going to be a very interesting time uh, to be a consumer and to be in the on the market for, for a new car, because there are going to be so many different choices, uh, you know, in de different price points, different capabilities, different technologies. So, so I think it's going to be a wild ride for sure. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Uh, Guy, if people want more information about uh, your book, for instance, and uh, where can they find where can they find out information about that? Where can they purchase it? So, so uh, the best way, I guess, to uh, to get more color on the book is head to its uh, webpage. It's presentfuturebook.com. That's presentfuturebook.com. One word. Uh, and uh, they can find it uh, pretty much anywhere books are sold. Uh, so Amazon would be probably the best place to start. You just you know write down the name of the book or my name, and you're gonna you're gonna check it out. Well, I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your day and joining us in this conversation. It's fascinating, and just the idea that you have a little peek into the future, knowing that what people want want and those in sort of inventors and developers knowing what's going on uh, must uh, must keep you smiling all day long, I would think. It's pretty exciting, John, for sure. And, and I appreciate you having me. It's been a pleasure.